Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. New jobs report today. U.S. economy added 223,000 jobs. An economist tells us this report is exactly what the Fed wants to see. New auto sales are at their lowest in a decade. Why? How does the future look like for car prices? And over 200 million Twitter users had their private emails posted publicly on the dark web. We'll show you how to find out if you're a victim as well as the tactics hackers use. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. The jobs market ended 2022 on a high note. The economy added 223,000 jobs in December, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The leisure and hospitality sector added the most jobs, followed by healthcare and construction. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% last month, matching its lowest level in 50 years. Workers got somewhat of a pay raise over the, over the month. Average hourly earnings increased 0.3% for the month. But wage growth slowed. Also, more people entered into the workforce. The labor force participation rate ticked up a tenth of a percent. And in total, the economy added nearly four and a half million jobs in all of 2022. This was the second best year for the labor market in over 60 years. And earlier, I spoke with the chief economist at Zip Recruiter, Julia Pollock, for more on this jobs report. Good to see you, Julia, and Happy New Year to you. So pretty solid jobs report, though it is the smallest increase uh, in two years. But tell me how you're feeling right now about, about this report. Well, I think this is an extremely encouraging report. Solid, broad-based job gains and moderating wage growth. It's kind of exactly what the Fed wants to see. And on that point, you mentioned uh, the wage growth slowing a little bit. Some experts are saying that this is good. It's good for inflation. Maybe just expand a little bit on that. Yes. So the last report actually set off a bit of a panic on Wall Street and caused stocks to plunge uh, because it measured a huge spike in wage growth. Uh, a lot of people look at sort of the three-month annualized uh, rate of growth, which came in at a whopping 5.8% last month. After revisions this month, that's down to 4.4% for November and 4% for, de- for December. And so the big picture is that wage growth is moderating. The Fed believes that wage growth somewhere in the range of 3.5% to 4% is consistent with its inflation target of 2%. Anything above that is worrying, but now we're right there at the sort of top of that range. Uh, if that's sustained over a longer period, I think we could see inflation continue to come down and the Fed sort of take the foot off the brakes a little bit. That would reduce the risk of the economy falling into a full-blown recession in 2023. But this is sort of, you know, a, a double-edged sword because from a household perspective, they don't want to see uh, wages slowing, right? Well, there's good news here, which is that, you know, in, in 2021 and 2022, we had very sharply negative real wage growth for households. But over the last six months, that has actually turned around. And inflation is now slowing more quickly than wage growth. And so right now, wage gains are actually outpacing inflation. And uh, let's hope that that continues so that uh employers, workers, sorry, employees, workers uh, see their purchasing power expand again uh, and and continue to demand goods and services, which will continue to sort of sustain the labor market going forward, despite the high interest rates putting pressure on the labor market. 
Right, and as you suggested, this is a very solid jobs report. Uh, I wonder, are there any signs in this report uh, pointing to perhaps a loosening uh, in the labor market? Yes, so all these rosy indicators I, I mentioned are largely backwards-looking indicators. There are two leading indicators in the report, and those are both a bit worrying. Uh, one of them is working hours. Uh, those have been declining for several months. They fell back to their pre-pandemic level last month, but now continued to fall further. That could be a sign that employers are seeing reduced activity and are pulling back their demand for workers. You know, employers typically cut workers' hours before they resort to layoffs. Um, another leading indicator that's a little bit worrying is uh, temporary help services employment. And the same thing is true there. When, when companies see weak demand for their goods and services, they cut their contract workforce first. And now we've seen uh, for four months, uh, uh, temp help services lose workers. Uh, over the last three months, they've lost almost 90,000 workers. Now, we've been hearing talks about a recession. Does this, uh, this month's report give any encouragement to as what kind of recession we're going to face? Well, the last few economic reports uh, have, have suggested that in most of the labor market, uh, conditions are still very, very tight and employers are hiring aggressively and hanging on to the workers they've got. Uh, one, one interesting uh, uh, indicator is that layoffs are 66% lower than usual, than their pre-pandemic average in retail and 50% lower in restaurants and hotels. There are three industries that are bucking that trend, though. One is transportation and warehousing, another is information, and a third is financial activities. Uh, high interest rates are, are disproportionately hurting you know, tech and uh, banking, and, uh, and then the shift back to spending on services and away from goods is hurting uh, warehousing and transportation. And so those industries that grew really dramatically over the last few years are, are pulling back. All right. Thank you very much, Julia Pollack, Zip Recruiter. Thank you. And a big rally today on Wall Street. One possible reason could be the jobs report. Slower wage growth points to less pressure on inflation. The Dow added over 700 points or two and one tenths of a percent. S&P gained 87 points or two and three tenths of a percent. Nasdaq rose 264 points or two and six tenths of a percent. But not so good news on the auto market. Last year's new vehicle sales in the U.S. were the worst in more than a decade. Reasons were tight supply chains, high interest rates, and high monthly payments. 16% of U.S. consumers are paying at least $1,000 every single month for their cars. Though there could be some good news. Used car prices are down more than 3% from a year ago. Still high, though, due to inflation. JP Morgan estimates that used car prices will drop 10 to about 20% in 2023. Prices for new cars, on the other hand, are expected to only decrease, decrease 2.5% to about 5%. And Samsung's bottom line is being hit by slower consumer demand. Its quarterly profit tumbled to an eight-year low, the company reported today. Falling by two-thirds from the same period a year ago from over $11 billion to about $3.4 billion. The company is the world's largest memory chip smartphone and TV maker. As an indicator, the profit report sets a weak tone for other tech firms' quarterly results. Sales for smartphones and other devices are on a downturn as global interest rates and the cost of living rise meaning consumers aren't as eager to buy new tech and are tightening their purse strings. 
The semiconductors Samsung supplies to rivals like Apple are also seeing less demand. Analysts say Samsung's profits are expected to shrink again in the current quarter. And earlier I spoke with the co-founder of Amazon strategy firm Marketplace Ops. This is an online marketplace brand management agency that helps companies grow on Amazon. I asked him whether Amazon sellers are having trouble on the platform amid the current economic environment. Here's Fernando Campos. Thanks for joining me, Fernando. So I just want to get your reaction first to to the 18,000 layoffs at Amazon uh, we heard yesterday. Is the business environment uh, for sellers still good here at Amazon? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I do think the environment is good overall. I think it is, on the other hand, kind of expected when you think about, you know, there's kind of this like looming recession, uh, but also like most importantly, how aggressively they hired during COVID. I think there's been you know, this regression to the norm where consumers are starting to move back into retail, uh, potentially not shopping online as much. Um, and because Amazon had to overhire so aggressively because of that kind of COVID spike leading to people shifting all of their spend to e-commerce, I think it, it kind of makes sense for them to have to do the layoffs. Mm, I see. How, how has been uh, consumer spending been uh, in the last year? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say it was slower to react than most people assumed. But from from our, our, our positioning with kind of like lower price items, you know, anywhere from like 15 to like $40 is kind of the sweet spot uh, for a lot of our clients. Um, we haven't seen like that much of a slowdown. Are sellers, you know, amid talks of a recession, are they pricing in a possible slowdown uh, of consumer spending? For sure. I think it depends on your inventory position. So naturally in 2021, it was impossible to get products and, and the freight was extremely expensive. And in the first like um, first half of 2022. And so basically a lot of these uh, brands over inventory. So they brought in a ton expecting this huge before and expecting that it would be challenging to get inventory in again because of COVID. And because, it, um, you know, the supply chain problem kind of fixed itself, like, you know, freight prices went down, then it ended up leading to this huge over inventory and a lot of massive retailers, a lot of brands just like had pretty much full warehouses. And so then you kind of saw them like discounting through Q4 uh, to try to like drop those inventory prices. But I think, you know, as it stands in the beginning of Q1, a lot of them still haven't moved through all of that inventory. And so I think that is like a big focus for a lot of these Amazon sellers or retailers. I know TJ Maxx, um, you know, uh, Amazon, they're all in the same boat where they're trying to move through inventory and get back to more like normalized levels. Now, I, I see a lot of uh, Chinese products on, on Amazon. I'm just curious, is Amazon mostly dependent on the supply chain coming from China because of how, how much Chinese products I see? Yeah, great question. I think in many, many categories, yeah, I mean, uh, China is now the dominant manufacturing force, right? I, you know, I would say for sure for electronics, a lot of the time, a, a lot of kind of what you would call them like the commodity products, but the most things that, you know, are going to be made at scale just because, yeah, I mean, China's the best of it. They've invested so many decades into it in terms of the engineering and product design. I mean, there's a reason why Apple makes the iPhone now, right? Like not just like simple products, but also like extremely complex. They have like in a base talent pool of engineers. Um, but I think, you know, I wouldn't say they're, oh, I'm sorry. I would say that they're dependent, but I do think there's like other countries that are also 
uh, very strong. Like I know Pakistan is great for textiles. A lot of like supplements are still made in the U.S. Like beauty products are made in the U.S. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very category dependent as well. If we do go into yeah. a re recession this year, do you think this will have a big impact on sellers on Amazon? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think it depends on the price point of the product as well, how how strong of a brand you have, and just overall how how well you've managed your finances going into this like potential recession. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could definitely see if yeah, you're at a higher price point product, it's kind of premium, so uh, there's like cheaper alternatives. I think it could be, end up being a very very difficult uh, year. All right. Fernando Campos, Marketplace Ops, thank you. Thanks. Hackers have posted the emails of over 200 million Twitter users. Other information like people's names, account handles, follower numbers, and account creation dates were also posted. All this inform user information, which includes those of celebrities, is now spreading on the dark web. Reports indicate the hack may have happened back in 2021, before Elon Musk took over. Hackers may have taken advantage of a bug in Twitter's systems before Twitter could fix the bug in 2022. But so what? What can hackers do with their email and username? Send you endless spam? We ask the chief technology officer at industry fintech, Sandy Flitterman. When somebody has your email account and a little bit more information about you, they could send you an email that looks like your bank account or uh, your business and have you try to click on something and give out even more information, you know, such as your banking information or your some confidential information that you usually wouldn't give out to the public and then use that in very bad ways. Flitterman also says we don't completely know yet exactly how much information the hackers stole. We only know what they posted. And cybersecurity expert Scott Schober has analyzed these types of breaches for the past decade. He says hackers are gathering bits and pieces of information from your different social media profiles to create a full picture. Information about you, your whereabouts, the geolocation of, of where you uh, post photos on Instagram or things like that. Putting all those puzzle pieces together allow them to do a lot of things against you that you don't even realize. And that's the scary part. They take their time. They have time on their side. They build up this beautiful digital profile about you, your whereabouts, your habits, and they use that against you to take your money, to take your identity, to take your credit. And everyone, including you or me, could be vulnerable. Brian Horning is the CEO of Exact IT Solutions, a firm that provides certified cybersecurity services. He knows from first-hand experience that strong cybersecurity is simply not a big part of the current corporate culture. We evaluate thousands of businesses at our company and we are constantly shocked at the amount of risk that companies have. And really there's no, there's nothing driving business owners, uh, business leaders, boards of, of directors, of these companies to do really anything about this stuff. There's no laws unless you're in a regulated industry. And we talked to Wasim Mirza, someone who's previously had his personal information hacked back in 2006. Mirza says his experience is a wake-up call to everyone who has an account on a website where the data is not safe. 
it really did take me by surprise when I learned through the mail uh, that that all my details, my personal details, such as my date of birth, my home address, uh, all that kind of data uh, that does not appear to have been the subject of the breach uh, in this case in Twitter, um, was all lost. Um, and I didn't know where and who had this data. Mirza is especially concerned about this because he's sort of famous. He's the host of the Future Tech Show. He's a former BBC reporter and in the past two years, an actor. Among his roles, he plays a reporter on the DC Comics show, Pennyworth. Mirza says that especially after acting, protecting his personal information is more important. When I was at the BBC, I was reporting on other victims of these kinds of incidents. Le- never did it cross my mind that I could end up becoming a victim myself. Um, and it just goes to show just how important we should be taking this subject, all of us, no matter what background that we're from, uh, because it could be our very sensitive data, such as date of birth and home addresses that could be leaked out in, 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 into, into the wild. So how do you protect your personal information online? Professionals have many suggestions. One strategy is to try not to put real information online when you don't have to. That's like birthdays, addresses, and even names. This makes it harder for hackers to create a digital profile of you. Another big tip is to create an email solely for the online service you're using. So for example, Just one email account solely for Twitter, another only for Amazon. This way, it doesn't really matter if it becomes public. And finally, there is a way to check if your email address has been stolen without going to the dark web because it's teeming with viruses. You can go to haveibeenpwned.com. The website is set up just like Google. You enter your email address and just hit enter. And moving on, TikTok's CEO is meeting with the European Union next week. Europe's top competition regulator wants to know how TikTok plans to comply with a new set of rules in the EU. The rules will take effect this year and focus mainly on internet safety and fair competition in the tech sector. TikTok is facing worldwide scrutiny from accusations of failing to protect children from inappropriate content to concerns over the security of user data. The company admitted last year that some of its China-based employees have been able to access data on Western users. Under Chinese law, all companies must hand over data to Chinese authorities if asked. The EU earlier confirmed several ongoing probes into TikTok. A number of U.S. states have also banned it from government devices, with other measures up for debate in Washington. And taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, shares of WWE are soaring after the company said its founder, Vince McMahon, is returning as executive chairman. And Mercedes-Benz planning to build its own electric vehicle charging network in North America to help EV owners. When will it be ready? That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Big news in sports and entertainment. Vince McMahon is rejoining the board of World Wrestling Entertainment, less than a year after retiring. Shares today jumped 17%. McMahon had retired as WWE's chairman and CEO in July. At the time, he was being investigated for an alleged affair with a former employee. 
WWE underwent a huge transformation under McMahon when he bought it from his father in the early 80s. Matches then were held at small venues. Now they're held in professional sports stadiums. The company hit a milestone in 2021 with revenue topping $1 billion for the first time. Apple is introducing an AI-powered narration feature for Apple Books. The company says many independent authors and writers who work with small publishers can't afford to turn their works into audiobooks. Now, Apple Books Digital Narration intends to make the process easier. The company says it has created four different voices aimed at particular genres. Interested authors will work with one of Apple's preferred partner publishers. The company said it will also keep showcasing the magic of human narration and will continue to grow the human-narrated audiobook catalog. Mercedes-Benz says it will build its own electric vehicle charging network starting in North America. It's trying to address customer concerns about EV range and finding a working charging station. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on the plan's details. The German automaker said at CES that it will start building the network this year. The project will cost just over $1 billion and will be finished in six or seven years. We at Mercedes-Benz are turning charging into a truly desirable experience, not just for our current customers, but also for potential ones as well for those of other brands. The network will have 400 charging stations with more than 2,500 high-powered plugs. Networks in Europe, China and other markets will follow. The company says the network will be open to all electric vehicles, but Mercedes owners will get preference and be able to reserve charging ports. You can make a reservation. As Mercedes customer, just put in your destination in the system and your system will calculate your charging stops. The move is intended to help the company compete with Tesla, which says it has 40,000 charging ports worldwide. How makes Mercedes a difference here? So of course they are 24-7 open. Uh, they are in a safe spot and I think it's very important that charging happens even at night at a very safe uh, place. The charging hubs will be built in key cities and population centers. Some will be at participating Mercedes dealerships. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. A hands-free self-driving smart stroller is on display at the CES Tech Show in Las Vegas. The Vancouver-based husband and wife team behind the design called their product Ella. NTD's Andrew Thomas brings us this story as well. Startup Glückskind has created an autonomous smart stroller named Ella. Anne Hunger and Kevin Huang came up with the concept after the birth of their child in 2020. We're surprised by the products that we found that were available on the market. Uh, we really thought that there should be done more for parents at this very important stage in their lives that really truly supports them and enables them to spend quality time with their kids. The couple emphasizes that the stroller will only self-drive or operate hands-free without a child inside. It is powered by AI with computer vision with sensors all around it to give it a 360 safety bubble. So it, it scans its environment and knows its environment so that parents can walk hands-free when it's not occupied. And when you stop, it will stop. The Ella stroller also has a rock my baby mode to gently ease a child to sleep. The feature is particularly helpful after a long walk or day out with the little one. You can turn it on via our companion app 
and it just kind of continues that soothing rocking motion even though parents are not walking anymore enables the kids to get the sleep they actually need and also on the other hand allows parents to get a break. So how much does it cost? A whopping $3,800. And when can parents get their hands on an Ella stroller? Glucksken will be launching a pre-order campaign in March. Deliveries will start in June. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.